everybody, welcome to the Board Game Mechanics. I am Joel, and with me, as always, is... Hey guys, what is going on? It is... Jason. Jason! We had a board game convention. We did, and it was glorious. It was short, but it was glorious. It was. We got we got to play a few good games, though. We'll talk about that today. We'll also talk about a couple other things we played when we weren't together. Let's go over some news. But before all that, we've got everyone's favorite new game show sensation called Stump the Jason. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm ready. So last week, we if you didn't catch last week's show, we did some like greater than things. Like, are there more of this kind of game on Board Game uh, Geek or more of this kind of game? This week, I'm doing what is the most sought after game in each category. Ooh, okay, nice. Yeah, I'm and ready. I have the and I have the top three. Jason, if you can get, I have one, two, three, four, five categories on here, and I actually have like a few extras and some. If you can get five games on this, I'm going to give you like mad props. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually subscribe to us on YouTube, Jason, if, if that happens, all right? Yep, sounds good. I'll, I'll actually follow our own channel. Um, <laughs> you know what? Like, I never remember to plug us. Like, thanks for sharing our stuff, if you do. And, like, every time that you share something, it encourages us to keep going. Um, so, if you don't share things, shame on you, okay? Share this. Just kidding. Don't share it if you don't want to. Who am I to tell you what to do? Um, anyway, back to the game. Uh, and this, I mean, like, I don't know, there might be people in your life who like games like this. Maybe you should share this podcast with them. Um, just saying. Uh, anyway, um, bluffing games. What are the top three most sought after bluffing games? These aren't traditionally what I would think of as bluffing games, too. Top three bluffing games. Most wanted in trade. Um, I don't even play these games, so I have no idea. Uh, Secret Hitler. Uh, no. That one's too racy, Jason. I guess. Um, so the first one's a really old game. The next one's a pretty old game. And the last one's a game that I don't think I like anymore, but some people really like it. Do I know any of these games? I own the last one. Um, you know them. You know all three of them for sure. I don't know that you've played. I think you own You own the second one maybe. Trading. Um, bluffing games. Bluffing. Number one isn't what I would think of as a bluffing game, but I guess there's bluffing in there. Cosmic Encounter. If I were uh, okay. to describe yeah. that to people, I wouldn't say, hey, it's a bluffing game. I'd say it's more like a... Negotiation. Yeah, diplomacy negotiation game. Uh, number two, Shadows Over Camelot. Ooh, yeah. I want to play that one. Yeah. Oh, you haven't played that one? No, I want to. But yeah, eh. it's out of print. I can't find anybody that has a copy. Man, I've owned it like twice. It's it's a muh out of muh. Um, and a lot of other people want it in trade, so good luck with that. Uh, number three, Dead of Winter. So, Ooh, yeah, I don't own any of these. I've got my copy of Dead of Winter up for trade. And not only that, my name's in the, in the rule book, like I mentioned before. So you can have a... I'll sign it. I'll sign my copy when I trade it to you. <laughs> All right, dice games. I, I went ahead... Well, I think you like number three. And I went ahead and put number four on because it's my favorite dice game. And I think maybe yours too. What do you think? The number three... Well, what are the, what are the what are some of the top dice games that you think people want in trade? Um, bang the dice game. <laughs> no, but that's a good guess. Dice Forge. No, that's a great one too. These are these are older, like, and they aren't necessarily just dice. There's just dice in them. I'll give you uh, a hint. The first one, the first one is uh, has a stinky leather cup in it. Ooh, Stone Age. Yep. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, the second one is the dice version of a card game, kind of, um, but it involves space exploration, so that's why you probably aren't keen on it. Roll for the galaxy. Got it. 
And the last one looks like a person's first name pluralized, but it's not pronounced that way because it's French. Yeah, I have no idea. Troy's. Or oh, yeah, Troy's. It's Twa. It's Twa, <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, Twa. Uh, and then Marco Polo's number four. I went ahead and included that because it's they finally got a good game at number four. Um, I, you like Twa, and I like Roll for the Galaxy, yeah. all right? But yep. Marco Polo's an excellent game. So, like, a tier above those, I think. Train Agreed. games. This one blew my mind. The most wanted in trade train game. And it's it's. I think it's pretty out of print is why. Russian Railroads. Nailed it. Yeah, I want that game real bad. <laughs> yeah, a guy I know selling a copy of German for like 90 bucks, and I was like kind of tempted by it. But yeah, Russian Railroads, you got it. I heard it's going to get a reprint soon. I, Off the record, I heard that, and I don't know if it's true. I hope so. I really hope so. Uh, yeah, Railway that- of the Worlds 2 and Ticket to Ride Europe 3. Ticket to Ride Europe is three of all the train games? Yeah, and then it's like Ticket to Ride for the next three games after that. <laughs> That's crazy, man. <laughs> Card drafting, the top four games, only one of them is a card drafting game. I'm just going to tell you these because, like, you're never going to get them. Well, what's your guess? What's your guess on card drafting? It's not Seven Wonders. Card drafting. Um, Sushi Go. No, that's a good one, though. I think most people who want that one are like, I'll just go buy a copy for $6 probably. Yeah, Blood Rage. You got it. That was number three. Number one, Terraforming Mars. Like, the drafting is a variant on that as far as I know. Yeah, isn't it just at the beginning, too? Yeah. And then Concordia, like, I don't get how that's a card drafting game. I mean, you're taking cards out of the row, but you're buying them. It's right. not like you're drafting them. It's yeah, I way never closer to that. deck building than card drafting, I think. Yeah, that's weird. And then Food Chain Magnate, like, kind of, but there's so much more in that game that I wouldn't call a card drafting game. All right, last one, worker placement, Jason. Um, Lords of Waterdeep. No. Good guess, Ch- though. Champions of Midgard. That's another good one that I think we like more than other people, apparently. This one is the chunkier version of a game you like. And I like this version better, but you like the other version better. Both by Uwe. Agricola. Caverna is the one on the list. But yeah, Caverna with with diamonds. And then uh, Stone Age, again, on the list is worker placement, number two. Right. Yeah. Lahav. Good one. Ooh, I don't really think that's worker placement. I, I guess yeah. I just don't take that as worker placement. Yeah, it it's like action selection with your disc. Yeah. Like it's yeah, it's like it's like it's almost like goods drafting or something almost. Yeah, yeah. Um Afis Roden. And then Robinson Crusoe made the list as a worker Robinson, placement game. Robinson and I guess Crusoe. it kinda is, but like it's more I think co op. If I describe that I'd say it's a co op. And then, and then Zulkin is number five. So, oh yeah, Zulkin's six. a good one. That's a good so, one. So I think they finally got a game that you and I both would agree is a good game at six. So that was this week's version of Stump Jason. I think you got you got a few with some hints. You did pretty okay. That's a hard yeah, game. It was a little tough this week. It's a hard game. Next week it's going to be uh, which designer looks the hottest on the beach? Uh, Stefan Feld. Duh. <laughs> We're back to being creepy, huh? <laughs> I nah, I don't know, man. I had a really funny joke there, but I'm not going to say it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> protective order is just expiring, man. I'm not going <laughs> to renew that. Yeah, probably a good idea. All right. Well, hey, Jason, let's get to news. All right. So the first thing I wanted to talk about in news is the most exciting thing that's happened to me in gaming in quite some time. And that is a reprint 
of one of my Grail games, Predaporter. So this is the third edition with art from Quan Chai Moria or however you say his name. It's on Kickstarter now, selling for sixty bucks. Has ten days left, and I'm just so jazzed and pumped up for this game. I watched Rado play it. I watched Man vs. Meeple. I've watched all the videos already today, and I need this game. The art's amazing. They stuck with the fashion theme, but Rado did say he can consulted with um, Ignasi on how to turn it into the video game theme on what he could change and like to make it fit the theming. So that is interesting that they were really close to going down that route. But yes, if you want Predator, now's your chance. Go get it. I kind of hope they still do. Like, I think why not? You know? Yeah. They can just do another, another theming. I don't think it'd be bad. Yeah. I mean like, and I mean, I don't know. It's, I I know it seems like misogynistic or sexist or something that I'm like, oh, I don't want to play a fashion game, but fashion doesn't appeal to me at all. But like running a video game industry is super appealing to me. So I don't know. I think they could get a whole nother group of people to play this if they did that. So I don't know. Just my thought. Yeah, maybe they will. Who knows? And they have to change the name because I guess Predator means off or made to fit or made to wear or something. Yeah. So it wouldn't make sense if it's a video game theme. (laughs) Yeah. Unless it was like virtual reality headsets that were like, you know, calibrated to someone's head. I don't know. That's no, true. It, it doesn't work at all. No. But yeah, that's cool. I'm pumped about that. So hopefully I might back this one. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I'm not going to, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the second game I wanted to talk about is one I was, when I was just browsing because I was so jazzed up by Predator that I didn't really do a bunch of work. And 18, it's called 18 Holes. And it's by a company called Seabrook Studios. It's going for 41 bucks, and it has 15 days left. And what this game looks like to me is it's a game where players are working together to build this 18-hole golf course by playing out tiles. So kind of like Carcassonne style. That's kind of how I interpreted it, but they're hexes instead of squares. And then each player is going to be playing cards to try to be the first person to get their ball into each of the holes because the first person that gets there scores five points second person scores three the trick here is you can get into the bunker you can get into the water hazard you can hit your your ball out of bounds and then you're going to basically lose a stroke and be farther behind everyone else so the only reason i put it on here because i thought the theme was cool there aren't a bunch of games about playing golf so people might dig that so if you're into that 15 days left go check it out my dad has a board game at his house um and i remember looking at it a bunch as a kid and never played it because i don't think it's probably very good but it's called Rainy Day Golf, and it's like kind of the same idea, I think. Hmm. So that's cool. I would look at that, and then I'd say, ah, Milbourne looks cooler. I'm going to play it. <laughs> yeah, Milbourne is actually probably cooler. <laughs> yeah, I almost bought a thrift store copy, but I was like, ah, this won't hold up. Like, it was in my mind. It's all like about who gets those. Whoever, like, I, I remember playing as a kid, and I'd cheat. Like, I'd be like, oh, I've got unpuncturable tires. I've got unlimited gas. You can't do anything bad to me. I'm going to win. <laughs> like, by just stacking the deck. So. Yeah, it's kind of a take that game, so I don't play it a ton, but it's not bad. Yeah, I man, the one with the old vintage like avocado green card tray is the one I remember, and it gives me those nostalgia feels. That one's not on Kickstarter, just so you know. Um, <laughs> you have to find it at thrift shops. I think we actually have that version. Hey, you know what's cool? When this comes out, this silent auction will be over by now, so I don't have to worry about it. Um, I put in bids for ten dollars and eleven dollars, respectively. The ten dollar version was for the Trump board game. Uh, for like an old first edition of Sorry, uh, a copy of Aggravation, and then like another huge board game. It's like super old. That's and awesome. Then, and then the $11 bid was for that like old electric vibrating football. So like 
the the you plug it in and the like the magnetic guys vibrate down the field and then i also have like a air hockey or a hockey game version of it at the local local thrift shop so i'm hoping i, I won those because they both look pretty awesome and i played the trump game a ton when i was a kid it's it's a real dumb game um like i don't remember a whole lot about it i just remember you like would buy properties kind of but the properties were like already had money in them because like you had to pay rent to them before you bought them kind of thing. Huh. Um, and you could like crack them open at some point or like, I don't remember how it worked exactly, but like there's little like sarcophagus looking things that you slide money in and the money just stacks up in there and then you, you get it out. I don't know how it works. That's I, awesome. I, I think the idea is that you're playing as Donald Trump's dad for the first few rounds and you put money into trust funds for him and then you just go claim the trust funds. Something like that. It could be. Yeah. That <laughs> I game, don't know. Actually, that game, a lot of people are wanting that. I've been seeing it on the group. Either people are getting rid of it or people are wanting it. I don't know why. Maybe they want to burn it or just because it's, you know, it's a game after a president. I don't know. Yeah. So it's just kind of novel. Yeah. It would be cool if you won that. I, I would give it a go once. I, I, I actually don't hate Donald Trump. Like, I think uh, I think I don't know. I I think it's interesting that there's a president who was such a pop culture person, and then he became president. Like Ronald Reagan, kind of was that, but not yeah, near right. as much, you know. And right. so I don't know. It's, it is kind of interesting. He's the president, but then like I don't know, man. I think we get so polarizing with our opinions in our society. You can't say this guy does okay at this and doesn't do very well at this. And I feel like that's what sanity is. That you can say, hey, I don't mind that he did this, but it's pretty weird he did this. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> right, that's kind of yeah. where I'm at with him. He's not. He's not the devil. I don't know. I mean, like, and people don't like hearing that. So I guess when we get a lot of like lost <laughs> followers, it's because that hot take that I said, you know, <laughs> Donald Trump's not the devil, and that he does some things good and some things bad. Like it's it's almost like a controversial st- stance to say that you can have mixed emotions about something anymore. I don't know. It's weird. So. Anyway, hopefully I get that board game. We'll we'll give it a run. It'll be cool. Yeah, I think it'd be fun to play just to play a terrible game, if nothing else. <laughs> Those and are kind of fun sometimes. Like, I actually, to, I mean, this is newsworthy because we don't back a ton of Kickstarters. I mean, like, I've done a few over this year, but I did actually back one um, on the underground. I went ahead and backed it. It looks pretty bad art-wise. I don't like the art in it this time around. Like, I wish I it had the old art, but... I mean, it's such a good price point that I was like, yeah, this isn't bad. I really like it. And actually their model, I looked at their page and, and read it. It's actually really cool. They're like, we don't have any stretch goals. We don't have anything other than just upfront pricing and honesty. Like, this is what the game's going to have in it. If we can get this many, it's going to be this much. And like, we kept our prices down by not including crazy stretch goals and stuff. And I really like that, actually. So that is even cool. if the game wasn't awesome, I'd probably back that idea that they're just being like transparent. When I know that there's certain games where they're like... We already have the prototype done. It has all these like wooden extra upgraded bits and deluxe stuff that we know we forecast it's going to hit this certain price mark. You know what I mean? Like it just makes excitement and it's manufactured. Like I'm I'm positive that's the case with a lot of these Kickstarters. So the transparency I really liked. Yeah, I agree. That is really neat. Yep. Well, that's I guess it for news, huh? All right, so you scolded me last week for not talking about this game, but talking about Jim Hens. So I wanted to set the record straight. Okay, and make- so Jim Hens, I'm going to give you a little bit of credit for it. Like, I got to see the copy of the game. It's really well produced. It's It doesn't look terrible. It looks like it's it looks like it's probably pretty fun, actually. It is. So, so anyway, yeah, but go ahead and talk about something better than Jim Hens. <laughs> so the game I'm going to talk about this week first is Crusaders. So this is from TMG, I believe. Yeah, we had the non-deluxified version, which was still amazing production. Yeah. Awesome bits, awesome components. It was just off the hook. 
Um, so what this game is, is you have this player board, which is a rondel, and you're doing some Mancala stuff, kind of like Trajan. But what this one does that Trajan doesn't do is two things. You take Fine. your action before you pick up the pieces and move them, not after. And you can upgrade Fine. the tiles where um, each tile can be upgraded to a backside where you can take two actions on one tile instead of one. So, And what you're doing with this rondelle is you're trying to get these these knights and, well, I guess the crusaders that you have going across the country to take out the... I'm not going to say bad guys because they're just people who the Crusaders killed, but to take out these other tribes and put your building there, you're going to build churches, farms, bank, and I can't remember what the other building is, and you're just trying to score the most points at the end of the game. The game ends when this pool of points is gone. I think there's like a certain amount of points based on the number of players, so once all those points are gone, the game's over. It's super fun, and I think... I like this better than Trajan just because, one, it looks way better. When I never thought I would say that, but it looks better. Well, and it's fun, too. Yeah, and it's fun. And it's it's easier to explain than Trajan is. Everything's pretty straightforward. Trajan has some tricky rules. So if you want a cool Mancala-style game with some interesting ideas, check out Crusaders. I, I mean, like, I think I'm, this is where I'm at. This is going to come up here, spoiler, in, like, maybe 10 minutes we're going to talk about this also. I'm to the point with Feld where I appreciate him as a designer and his games are all really good. They're just, they're excellent games. Like I can't say they're not excellent games because they are like, he is just a masterful designer. He knows how to make a puzzle that is super interesting to like try and solve. And certain kinds of brains just really enjoy that and feel really gratified by it and love it. And Trajan is hugely that way. Like, cause there's just so many different kind of weird mechanics in there. And another Feld game that we played, it's coming up. I, I am now to the point where I'll say the, it's a good game. Is it for me? Hmm. But it's a good game. And like I, I would say that. I think Crusaders is more my kind of game too. Like Crusaders is my my kind of game more than Trajan. Like I would definitely play Crusaders over Trajan, I think. Just because, I don't know, it just is packaged a little bit lighter. And like you said, it's easier to explain. And I don't know. It just feels like the theme's a little more interesting to me at least, you know? So, Yeah. Right. The thing that got me about this game is it looks like it's going to be a super complicated, heavy game, but yeah. it's really just like a, it's probably a light to medium game. Like really. And that's not just me talking. All the other people I was playing with said the same thing. So it doesn't, it's not super bit, a super brain burner. So it's, it's nice to play those occasionally. But, I mean, TMG makes a nice way to game. Like they're always like a little bit beyond gateway, but not hard to figure out. And like, there's some thought in them. And actually I think one of the heavier TMGs we played and we'll talk about here in a minute, but um, like I don't know, even even uh, what's the one I'm thinking of? Uh, oh, the purple box worker placement. Mm, I have starts, no idea. Starts with a B. Uh, a V. B as in boy. Someone's yelling it at the radio right now, and I just don't remember the name of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you play I as like know. dwarves and elves, and you're making a fantasy oh, city. Belfort. Belfort. Yeah, that one like is just a pretty light worker placement game, really. I mean, so with some kind of interesting variable like fraternities or whatever you can play with. So, or guilds or I don't know where they are, but yeah, no, that's, that's cool. I, I like TMG. I'm a big fan of theirs. Um, yeah, really enjoy them. So, uh, what I played this week, Jason, I'm trying to think if I played anything by TMG. I did, but we're going to talk about it in a little bit. Um, I want to talk about airlines Europe. I, I love this game and I've talked about it a few times before, but this is one that, um, I brought out with a guy who's like a, like a, kind of like a church planner or something in the, in the community. And he's 
played Ticket to Ride quite a bit, and he's starting to get into gaming. And it's one of those next step games, and it really just is. And I played this with my brother, who's not really a gamer at all, my wife, and then him. And everybody around the table had a great time. It was a really competitive game. I ended up losing by like two points, and I thought I was just slaughtering everybody. So, I mean, you always feel like you're doing really well in it. It's a really good game. Basically, the whole game is this. On your turn, you're going to do one of like four things. One of them is... is invest into airlines. So you put more routes on the board for airlines. And when you do that, you're going to take some shares of stocks. You can cash your stocks in from your hand into the table and get money for those stocks based on either having a set and getting 2 million per each number in the set or putting two mismatched ones down and getting just 4 million total. Um, or you can exchange your shares for this other like airline that's not really on the board, but it's worth a ton of points. It's like a hypothetical airline kind of. And if you ignore it, you're going to lose. But if you pay too much attention to it, you're going to lose as well. And then the final thing you can do is if you really get into trouble, you can just take like a bailout from the government, like for $8 million. That's all you do on the, on your four turns. You do that. And it's just really interesting because you are doing math to say like, do I have a majority on this? And it can't be broken based on the shares that are visible. And if, if they are, then you're like, okay, well then I can burn these for that other airline. I mean, just a number of different things can happen in the game and everything's a little bit variable. It really feels like an Alan Moon game because you're picking one thing to do on your turn and they all like work together to make you at a better standing. And it's, it doesn't feel like you're running an airline necessarily. It feels like, it feels like uh ticket to ride meets like a choir kind of, um, but it's a really good game. Excellent game, honestly. And it's an evergreen, always in my top, Top 20 for sure games. Um, every time I play it, I'm like, man, that is a good game. And I like it more than I remember. So Airlines Europe, if you get a chance to play it, I suggest it. It's not heavy at all. It's a it's a pretty light game, but it's just really well done. And nobody talks about it. Nobody, nobody, you don't see it. I mean, like, you don't, it's a better game than Ticket to Ride, in my opinion. And I think for all the same reasons that Ticket to Ride is good. So like, for the fact that we never hear about it, and it is better than Ticket to Ride, tells me that Rio Grande put that one out, and Days of Wonder put the other one out, is basically what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah, so True. Yeah. <laughs> so that's 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 my take on it. So I know this is one you want to try at some point. We need to play it, because it's pretty quick, too. Like, we could play, you and I could play two players in 20 minutes, <laughs> like, because we're that kind of players. So, that's, <clears throat> yeah. That, that's cool. Yeah, I think I just always get turned off by this one because it's alan moon i'm not a huge fan of him and two i just feel like it's it's like a ticket to ride knockoff so i don't know it just kind of steers me away from it but yeah i'll, I'll play it sometime and then i'll probably be proven wrong and I- it's actually older than ticket to ride um like because it's it actually started as union pacific which is way before ticket to ride and actually union pacific is better than ticket than airlines europe too um but it's like a little, not quite as straightforward. Um, so I think you'd like it better, to be honest. Um, but yeah. So anyway, uh, Airlines Europe. Cool. Um, so the next game I want to talk about is an old game, but I played the it newest is. reprint from Cosmos. And it's from Reiner Knizia, of which I don't play a lot of his games, but I have a couple. And it's called Lost Cities. Yeah. Th- this is a two-player game only. And the new Cosmos version, there's a five-color board and a six-color board. And I don't know what the difference is other than one adds another color. It doesn't do anything else special. But what this game is, is you're trying to play cards on your side of the board to have the most of a certain color, more of a certain color than your opponent. And you're going to try to wager to see if you think you can get more to double, triple, quadruple your score. You can play a card, then you draw a card, or you can discard a card and draw a card. The game ends when the deck is out. It's really straightforward, super easy to play. The hardest part of the whole game is the scoring because Dr. Knizzi loves math, and this game has a lot of math. So 
if you want an interesting two-player game and you've never played this, I think it's 20 years old. So if you haven't played it in the last 20 years, go check it out. Yeah, it's a good game. And it's one that, you like, if you have a non-gamer spouse, you'll play with this this game with them. I mean, like, it's that kind of game. This is the one I'm trying to think. It's been a while since I played it. This is the one where you always have to go up in numbers, right? Is that the is that how it works? Yeah, once you play, like, a three, you'd have to play. You can't play the two after that, yeah. Right. So there's another game that's kind of like this one that I really like. Um, and I think it... I think that's the reason why I got rid of my copy of Lost Cities. It's it's a really silly little game that you can't... I don't know if you... I've never seen it around. It's called The Terrible Creatures of Dr. Gloom. And it's kind of the same idea. Like you have like the different colors and you're putting cards onto them. But the thing that's a twist on it is there's like three cards that are like switch the direction cards. And I think you're playing on a common pool and it's like you want to run out of cards. So like it's the same mechanic of like you have to get a card that fits in one of those piles. But then, like, you can drop this, like, reverse the direction thing on it, and it makes it go, like, down instead of up. So, like, it's kind of cool because if somebody's, like, you know, like, building this green pile up and they have it up to, like, nine, and you know they have the 10, 11, and 12, then you drop that reverse card on it, then they're screwed. They can't play it until they get a reverse card back. So that's kind of cool. Um, and it's it's really similar, but Lost Cities is a really good game, too. And like the addition I played was, like, the older version, and the art in it all kind of matched up and made these, like, panoramic views and stuff, which is kind of cool. So... Um, yeah, that's a neat little game. Yeah, there's not really any art in this game outside of the box cover. Everything yeah. else is just, I think all the cards are the same. And they, they hired Vincent Dutrait to do the art, and there's really <laughs> no art anywhere, which I found kind of interesting, but whatever. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I thought so too. It's weird. Yeah. Um. Well, cool. Uh, Jason, the last game that I played, uh, or not the last game, but the other one I want to talk about is called Boss Monster. Um, and this one's really pretty fun. Um, it's a deck builder. It's like kind of like, uh, a, to give you a frame of reference on it, um, and that was my phone. Someone said hi to me. Let's see. Let's see who's so important. They interrupted <laughs> me playing Boss Monster. Uh, actually, I'm just going to turn that down. So, um, so at any rate, uh, Boss Monster is uh, basically like Pixel Lincoln. Like, I know you've played that game because I traded you my copy. Yep. Actually, I sold it to you for $5, and I felt so relieved to get rid of it for $5. <laughs> I, I think like you're a little it. mad I, at me. I think it's fun. Yeah, it's fine. Um, it's just silly. Um, it's like reverse Pixel Lincoln. So, like, in Pixel Lincoln, you're trying to get your guy to, like, side scroll a ton and, like, get past the stuff. In Boss Monster, you're trying to make, like, this alluring dungeon, but it's actually going to kill guys inside of it. So you're trying to like get certain things that are going to get these heroes to want to go to your dungeon, but then have things that are going to create hit points of damage to them so that you can, you know, get the points from them basically. So you're playing as the dungeon kind of, or as the boss monster really, and you're setting up a dungeon to try and get heroes to come see you and wipe them out. Um, So it's kind of a cool premise. It's got the same cool 8-bit art. There's some expansions for it. It's actually really affordable too. You can get the base game on uh, Amazon for I think about 12, 13 bucks, something like that. So um, pretty fun little game. It's like kind of a deck builder, um, but more like a, I'm building a level or building a dungeon kind of thing in front of me, but you're getting cards to do that. So in the kind of a deck building way. So uh, pretty neat, really like it. So that is Boss Monster. Yeah, I played this a long time ago. I mean, it's probably been... I don't know, seven, eight years ago, if it's been out that long. So maybe yeah, I think it has. Yeah. So I think when this game first came out, Jim got it and he brought it over. And I was like, oh, let's play this game and see what it's about. So I don't even remember what it was. I remember that I liked it, but I don't remember much outside of that. Yeah, it's definitely a light game. I mean, a real light game, filler kind of game. Um, but I, it's it's pretty good for that. So Boss Monster. Nice. I think we're for, done with for, this. 
from Brotherwise Games. It's kind of cool that brothers made this too, I think. Chris and Johnny O'Neill. Oh, so, yeah. That's cool. I didn't realize they were actually brothers. Yeah, it's cool. And then they have some other games too, like Call of Adventure is Brotherwise now too. So they're kind of a cool little company. And Unearth, which uh, is a game that I think both of us enjoy. So... So uh, last weekend we had, I don't know, I'm going to say our sixth BGM Con. I don't know. I don't ever write down the numbers. but It was it was like BGM Con Express. Like it was like kind of figured out last minute and then like we just kind of threw it together and just did it. So right. it was pretty fun though. Yeah, we, we got together. It was me, you, and Katie, uh, my buddy Brandon, and his wife Josie, and his daughter Lauren. That's all that were there. So six of us that were playing yeah. game. Oh, your dad was there too, but he didn't come out of yeah. the room. <laughs> yeah, he he was a recluse. Uh, well, and like, uh, yeah, it was it was definitely thrown together, and like it was a bad time of year, so like we didn't have as many people there sometimes. But I think it was a good group. Like we got a lot of stuff played. Yeah, I agree. So we d- we started at about ten thirty ish, and we ended at well five five thirty because you had to leave because your wife wasn't feeling good. Yep. Uh, so we got four games in, and. We played four, and then Katie and another table played one that we didn't play, which I'll mention when we get down into that. So let's just go ahead and start with the first game that we played when me and Katie got there, and that is Museum. Yeah. What do you, th- you think about that? Like it a lot, actually. Um, I think this is one, like I buy games more times than not based on the idea that I think it's something that is accessible to like people that I know in real life as friends. You know what I mean? So like people that I just am friends with, or my wife, like I think they could play it and enjoy it and it wouldn't be too much for them. Or it might give them the bug to want to play games more. And this one fits that for sure. It's got really great art on it and it's pretty easy to figure out. So like you have an objective card that you can work towards if you don't know what else to do. Um, and I think really doing your objective card is probably the way to go in this game, to be honest. Um, so uh, it's just easy. Like you're just like it diagrams out exactly what you're supposed to do. And I think I'd do better at it this time because... I figured out it's more about what you don't draft than what you do draft sometimes. So like you want to avoid getting too many different symbols or too many different regions or things like that because you want your sets to all flow together and get those big point bonuses. So um, there's enough ways to score points too that I think it's kind of neat. Um, I guess for people who aren't familiar with the game, basically there's an, like a set. It's almost like card drafting. There's a bunch of cards out and then we take turns picking cards out of these galleries basically. And then it's almost like an auction kind of in that like, I pick a card and then everyone has an opportunity to take a card if they're going to give me a little bit of a, of a surcharge. Like it's like you give me an extra victory point if you take a card on my turn. And so a lot of times that happens because people just want to get cards, you know? So um, really neat game though. Yeah. Essentially like this, is, I'd probably say this is a family, family plus game. It's not hard at all except for the scoring, which is a little tricky, but all this game really is, is a set collection game. You're doing a little bit of drafting and some set collection, and that's pretty much the majority of the game. Yep. There's an event card that shows up at the beginning, and that's it. You it take it took us maybe what an hour, if that, because yep. the end game is really cool, where your first person that hits fifty triggers the end, and that's it. So, does not stay as welcome for sure. Right, and that 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 scoring like it's kind of like uh, Hansa Tutatica is the same way. The first person to get twenty points in the game like kind of triggers the end. It's kind of the same idea. So it's like you can't just dilly dally and let someone else just take off because they'll end the game and you won't be done with what you want to do. So it makes you kind of hustle a little bit too, which is is a smart mechanic too. Uh, I really like it though. It's a good game. Yeah, I agree. That was my third time playing, and I think it actually gets better every time you play it. 
yeah, I I'm looking forward to playing it again, honestly. And it's I mean it's reasonably priced. It's like forty to fifty dollars, not too bad right now. So nope. I really enjoy it. All right, so after Mer- our museum, sorry, a little spoiler there. <laughs> after museum, uh, Brandon and Josie and his wife showed up, and me, you, and Brandon played Mer- uh, Merlin because you had never played it, and Katie and Josie and Lauren played Castles of Mad King Ludwig at another table. So what did you think of Merlin? I have down in the notes that you really loved it. So if you would like to correct the record, feel uh, free. Okay, so um, so here's, here's what my experience was with the game. There's a bunch of ways to get points. Who would have thought with a Feld that you could do that? <laughs> and, right. and like, so one of my strategies when I play board games is try and do things that other people aren't because sometimes they'll get busy fighting each other for those points and you can get easy points other places. And there's these objective cards that you can get like a few points, three, four points, or two, one, two, or three points, I guess, on these little cards by having certain things in your castle. And so like the things that you need to have in your castle are things that you could burn or keep them in your castle and get these cards cranked out. And the first few I got were like for flags or having a certain number of cubes. And I was like, man, if I can just get enough cubes, like a set of all the cube colors and a set of all the flag colors, then I could just do a card every round. And if I can get a card every round, there's like 24 turns in the game. If I can do that, you know, three points every time, I could get 70 points by doing that. And that's a good score in that game. Um, and, e- and even if I do that, I'm still going to get some other points other places too. So um, that was my theory on it because I got really easy cards that were giving me three points right off the bat. And then the cards got really hard. And you guys got the little sideboard with the real estate to score like tons of points for you guys too. Like I think you got, you probably got 40 points off that sideboard that I just ignored. And you can't do that because it gives you little like diary rolling things and some other stuff that you just, you can't ignore it. And I totally ignored it. So like my strategy was to just kind of ignore the thing that everyone else is doing and just kind of do my own thing. And it kind of burnt me. And so I lost by a ton. I lost by seriously like 30 or 40 points, I think. So um, I think, I think just the first time you play a game, you're learning it regardless. Um, so I definitely learned the game, but I wasn't competitive. And so when you're not competitive in a game, you don't love it as much for sure. Um, but this is like, I'm, I'm going to say again of a fell game. I, I can, I, when I see it and know it's good, I can say it's good and, and feel like it's good and stand by that. And this game's good. It's a really good game. Like I absolutely think it's a good game. And if you like Feld, get this game. Cause it's, it's a really good game, especially for a Feld and it, it's it's zany for a fellow because you've got to deal with dice mitigation. So um, I like it overall as a game. Um, I can see that as a game, it's like you know probably an eight or nine just for like if it's a great game. As far as if it's for me, it's like a seven. Um, I definitely would play it again. And I think if I had to play a fell, this would be in the short list of games that I'd like to play. Yeah, this is my favorite Feld, and I I really enjoy it because that dice manipulation is a game in itself. Because you're really limited to what you can do. So if you can't manipulate your dice, sometimes you're going to be taking actions that just don't help you at all. So, right, yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, and every time you play it, you do get better at it. And I tried to tell you, don't forget to do the buildings. Don't neglect the buildings. But yeah, well, I mean, like that's. I mean, like I was. Too, it was too late for me to get in by the time I was like realizing it. And I got in a little bit just for the apples and stuff. But I don't think I scored a single point off the buildings. So, and I'm not sure if people could. I don't know if you could win off not doing the buildings. So um, I'd be interested to play it with adding Arthur to it. Um, that'd be cool too. Um, but like, I, I'll tell you, I'll play it again for sure. I mean, I absolutely will play it again. And actually, the way how the dice mitigation stuff works in it. It's kind of cool. It's kind of a, you got to make the best of what you're given. And like life does that to you a lot. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's like a good skill that you can, 
figure out, you know. So just do the best with what you got, you know. So, yeah. Yep, I agree. So the next game we played, we got, I believe we got Josie in. Yeah, so Josie, they, Katie, Josie, and Lauren wrapped up their game. Katie took our youngest back to where we were staying because she wanted to play with the other little kids. And we played Scoville. It was me, you, Brandon, and Josie. And I'd never played this game. You talk about it a lot. So I wanted to try it. And I really enjoyed it. It's a really good game. Yeah, it's been a while since I played it, but I remember really liking it. And this is probably the fifth time I've played it. Um, I like it a lot, actually. I don't think I won. I think I got beat by a couple points. This was really close. I think we all scored in the 60s. Maybe someone scored 70 or 71. But I think it was really tight. Like I think from top player to bottom player was within side of like eight points. So um, it's just always set up that way that it's going to be fairly close. Um, actually, it isn't set up that way. Like I think we all just did fairly well. Um, but just a cool game. Basically, you're, you're, it's worker placement kind of along a path where you're trying to maximize your little route. And then it's also, it's as much an auction game as anything. That auction is pretty important. And sometimes you want to blow it and be last place so that you can do certain things in reverse player order first. So, um, and then, and then just kind of understanding the value of certain peppers that don't happen at certain times in the game. So like the primary color peppers are really rare at the end of the game because they aren't hybrids. Like you can't get them from worker placement. So, um, just a cool game. Um, yeah, I, it's it's thinky, man. It's it's always thinkier than I think, and it looks deceptively like simple. Like it looks like a cute little family game, and it's it's thinkier than you think. So, Scoville is a cool game. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, after I got home, I put it on my BGG trade list because I'd like to pick up a copy. But we'll see how that I think goes. It, I, I think you'll find a copy. I don't know. It's maybe a little rare, but I think I don't know. I don't think there's like a Grail or anything. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Someday. There was there was an expansion for it that they were either going to make or they did. I think they did actually make the expansion for it, and I don't have it. Um, and I think it's like you're making salsa or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's called Lab something. Yeah, yeah, Labs. I think is what it's called. Um, and I don't have it. I'm not sure what it adds to it. Um, the other the other TMG game that I really like, and I think I'm the only person who talks about it, is uh, Kings of Air and Steam, and that's the one that didn't fund the expansion. Didn't fund for it. Um, it's a cool pickup and deliver game. It's it's the equivalent of the TMG's version of a pickup and deliver just kind of a little bit, you know, like wacky, you know? So cool. Yeah, that's cool. So then after that game, we played our last game, which was just back to me, you and Brandon. And it is from what's your game, which is one reason why I really wanted to play it. And it is called railroad revolution. Yeah. So this is probably one of the lighter, what's your game games. I think Signori might be a little lighter, but this is, it's comparable. So this is a game where you're trying to build networks to build uh, train stations at certain cities to score points, trying to build some buildings on Western Union to score points. There's some point tracks on the side that make each of those buildings worth more points. And it's just a fun game. You're just doing, taking actions with different colored dudes, doing normal what's your game stuff. You place a dude, you can do multiple actions. It's, it's awesome. So I really like it also on my trade list now. Yeah, it's a good game. Um, this is actually only the second time I played it. And the the improvement I made from first play to second play was pretty huge. Like I think I scored maybe 80 points more the second time I played than the first. Um, and it was, it was all based on one thing. And I don't know how I was able to do it so well. I think it was just kind of some luck, honestly, is that I was able to weed out those white workers that are like not very powerful real quick and get some of those better colored workers real quick. So by being able to get rid of all the, like weed out the white, not very good cards, I was able to uh, 
to do pretty well in that game. And that's that's my strategy, I think, from now on, is that you know whenever you use a colored worker like that, you just get something so much more powerful than with those white. And it doesn't feel like you're getting... It's like you're almost like you're getting double double turn almost when you use those white or the colored workers. So, um, yeah, it's it's a cool game. And it's like, I don't know, it it just feels like your standard well done medium to medium heavy euro. So, um, yeah, I like it quite a bit. I don't, I, it's it's going to stay in my collection for the foreseeable future. Yeah, this is one of the few What's Your Game games I don't have. I think it might actually be the only one that I don't have. Yeah, no, you're kind of a collector. Yeah, I don't have Nippon and Madeira, but those are like impossible to find. So outside of those two, this is the only other one that I don't have, and I really want to get it. Those should be easier though soon, I think, right? Because Madeira got a reprint, I think. Yeah, Madeira did, but not Nippon. Or no, it was Nippon, not Madeira. Yeah, well, I thought, man, I thought Madeira was on Kickstarter last year or something. Maybe, huh. maybe not. Maybe I might it was. be making that up. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think it got a reprint too, but yeah, I'm I yeah, I mean both those games look awesome. Madeira looks really good to me, so um, you kind of turned me onto those guys, and I really like them quite a bit. Yeah, so that was the last game we played. Then we just hung around and talked for a few minutes, and then we parted ways. So that was BGM yeah. Con six seven eight nine. I can't remember the number. So some closing comments on that. Uh, the family that came over, uh, your friends from Ohio. They're really cool people. I really enjoyed them. So uh, Brandon and Josie just seemed like really nice people. And then they brought their daughter too. And like I joked at one point about a dowry because like their daughter's my son's age, but she's a really nice kid. So like that says a lot too that they're good parents and they have a good kid. And like most 15 year old kids are like kind of tough to hang around and are like on some level a little bit obnoxious, obnoxious, but you kind of have grace for that because like who wasn't obnoxious at 15? I know I was, but she was actually kind of pleasant to be around and a kind of cool kid. And so uh, the whole family, just really nice. I uh, really enjoyed playing with Brandon. I got to play with him more than anybody else in that family. And he's just a really good guy. Um, when he talks, he sounds just like my Uncle Marty, which is really weird to me. But like, it's cool. I like my Uncle Marty. So Uncle Marty slash Brandon, I'm happy to play games with you again. <laughs> yeah, he's probably the person that I play games with the most. Um, probably even more, well, maybe not more than Katie, but as much because sometimes Katie's doing other stuff and he'll come over and we'll just play games. So yeah, he definitely will put up with some of the, the stinkers that I have to play for videos or whatever. So he, he's pretty cool. No, he seems like a really cool guy. Wish I lived closer to you guys or we had the Hyperloop finished. Um, <laughs> yeah, someday we'll get Trump on it. Come on, Elon. Um, what did we not play that you would have liked to play? Uh, I didn't bring a ton, but I would have liked to play Imaginarium just because I think that game's weird and everyone <laughs> should play it because it's weird. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what I brought that I would have liked to have played too. Hansa, Tutan- uh, Hansa Tutanka. Ha- Hansa, Hansa would have been good. Um, yeah. Hansa probably was the one the game that stayed in the box that I wish that we would have played because that's it's a good game for sure. Uh, or London. first ed- Second edition London. I love that game, man. So London is good, man. That's my favorite Marty Wallace game and- so far. You're about the only person I know that'll play it with me. So, uh, just because I mean, like, even I have the second pretty edition, and I'm like, "Hey, you guys, want to play this?" And they're like, "That looks like a that looks like a history book. Why would I want to play it?" <laughs> yeah, the second edition looks super nice. I can't believe people don't want to play it. Yeah, first edition looks like uh, what cereal box did you get those off of? Kinda. The word you're looking for is it looks awesome. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> yes. There's a guy local here who's selling a bunch of games on uh, one of the marketplaces, and he's trying to sell his copy of Brass, which is the first edition, and he's trying to get ten bucks out of it. And I was like, "Oh man, I should just uh, for ten bucks I can have the old version here. I've got the new one, but 
I mean, just having the old one, just kind of for those nostalgia feels of of that old design tree frog look. It's kind of cool. It's it's grown on me a little bit. It just reminds me of what games were when I first started playing them. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, they don't look great. The Roxy version is far superior. I'll give it that. But I don't know. There's just something about the simplicity of the old ugly games that I like. Yep. Well, and then like dollar for dollar, it's hard to argue with like an old version of Brass you can get for 10 bucks or the new one 70. You know, I mean, like, is it really seven times more game right. to to get the new art, you know? So that's true. Uh, I'm with you on the frugal gamer thing that you got going on. Yeah, Got to do what you got to do that's, to play the most games. Oh, I'm cha- I'm laying the gauntlet down. This is going to stay in the show too. So if you listen this far, I'm challenging Jason to come up with a new segment, occasional segment on the show. I- I'm challenging you to have a segment next week, Jason, called Jason's Frugal Gamer, where you go look at the BGG market and see what game is critically underpriced, like a great value. And I'm sure you could have like think of like three off the top of your head right now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you got to give us one next week. <laughs> All right, I will. I know, I know what you're going to say already, too. It comes in a purplish box, and it's from What's Your Game? Uh, <laughs> yep. That would be correct. <laughs> All right. Well, for more of that, next week, tune in again. Um, anyway, I guess I've been Joel, and uh, keep gaming. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.